there we go. Hello guys and welcome back to the podcast. Now I have a special guest this morning. This morning, this afternoon is what I actually close meant. Close enough. Close enough. It's close enough. It's one o'clock, but we're, we're, we're close, we're close. Um, yeah, so obviously I, uh, I knew Tom when I was... Well, the last time I saw you, Tom, was when I was about nine years old. So yeah, this is I mean, terrifying. Kind of reunion like this. It's, this is crazy. We're now reunion Ming on a podcast. Um, how crazy is that? Eh? How yeah, crazy it's is that? absolutely mental. I may see how far you've sort of come as well. Because yeah, like you're saying, you were literally about like up to my nipple height exactly. the last time I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I knew Tom obviously when we were um, well, when we used to do karate together, man. We yeah. used to do karate. Which is crazy because obviously, like I said, I was nine years old, ten years old when I finished doing that. Yeah. Um, so I've known you for a little while, man. That's crazy, isn't it? Um, today we're going to talk, um, obviously, about uh, the charity event that, that you did a, f- a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, but first, let's introduce you. Who are you? What kind of stuff do you do? Um, what's your job, etc. First. Yeah, yeah. So, well, obviously, my name's Tom. Um, I'm a, a reporter by trade, so you know I tend to go out and I'll. I'm going to be doing this role. I'm going to be one <laughs> chatting to people, asking questions. It's my turn today, Tom. I know. I'm braced for it. <laughs> Um, so I do a lot of stuff about the, the military, so I go out on warships and, um, you know, I went down to the Gulf early last year when all the Iranian stuff was kicking off, mm-hmm. um, been out in the army, so I tend to do a lot of that kind of stuff, yeah. but, you know, Pompey boy, living in Pompey right now, and uh, I'm still doing martial arts, I know you've kind of given up, which is oh, shocking, oh, but oh, I'm, oh, I'm oh, still oh, doing it, I'm still oh, doing it down there, so how crazy is that? And you must be... Way part. What what down yeah, back so are you on now? I'm still on the first down back row. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. first down. Um, moving to my second down. So yeah. yeah, it's good fun. It's good fun. How long does that take you to get to to second down? Because so it kind of ranges. Um, you know, sometimes you can do kind of two years um, between first and second down, or sometimes it's kind of like a sensei's discretion. Yeah, so, yeah. Depending on how they are. So I've started a, a newer style of karate, different style of karate. So I'm having right, to do okay. different katas, like different you know, yeah things to get used to their style, but uh, yeah, it's going well, it's going all right, Good getting back into it, which is nice. Pretty much starting, not not starting again, because I, I assume there is like different dynamics that you yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. it's the same kind of principle, yeah. isn't it? But I suppose they do it a little bit differently now. Yeah, kicks thing. and kicks and punches and punches, yeah. you know, you know, they're not going to change that much. But, no. Uh, yeah, slight, slight different variations of things, but... Man, good man, good man. So let's go into your charity then, yeah. obviously. Um, First off, what was it? What what was the reason for it, and and what kind of stuff did you do? Yeah, so I was you know working at the Hampton Gazette just down the road, nice. and you know I've done a lot of things covering people doing charity events and people doing some really extraordinary things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to do something myself, um, and it it sparked of this this one kid called Ryan. He was like a little ten year old dude, and he was doing this ten mile swim, and I'm thinking ten miles for a ten year old kid, that is amazing. I'm going to do that, but I want to take it a little bit further. So, so I wanted to do kind of like a triathlon, yeah, but like a super extreme one. Yeah, yeah. So I decided to do a 112-mile bike ride, um, a 10-mile swim, and then a marathon. Not in one day, because I don't think that's physically possible. No, no, no. You know, so I spaced it out for three days, but um, I was doing it for three different charities, so I called it like a triathlon. Wow, so, yeah, okay, so, yeah, man. So each event had like a charity that I was supporting, so... Yeah, um, it came about after a boozy night, I think, uh, with a couple of mates, and yeah, one thing led to another, and uh, you know, June twenty thirteen, I was I was kicking off and I was doing it, so yeah, it was carnage, absolute carnage. That is that that's crazy. Thinking yeah, one hundred twelve yeah. mile bike ride must have been disgusting in itself, and then doing <laughs> a swim, and then doing. Oh no, wait, where, where does it go? It goes swim, bike, swim, run, run. Okay, yeah. so you yeah. did it that way. 
and it, within three days as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I've never done <laughs> anything like this. I think the longest run I've done since then was maybe like 1,500 metres at school. You know, right. I don't pee. Okay, and, yeah, um, yeah. Swim was, you know, a couple of lengths in the pool, then bike ride, going here to my mate's house. So it was a step up like, across all boards. You know, it's, yeah, it's Talking about the, the, the grey matter, it, it, mm. that was total grey matter for you because you'd never done that kind of mileage yeah. before. Yeah. You know, sometimes we say when people do like marathons and stuff, those miles past, say, 13 miles yeah. are very great because you've never done that mile, mileage before. Yeah. You know, if you think about doing six miles, you're like, oh, yeah, I could do six miles, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But when you get to 15 miles, you're thinking, Jesus, but, I mean, that's pretty That's pretty bad. Like, um, So it was always a little bit of grey matter for you then, I suppose, wasn't it? In yeah, terms absolutely, of... absolutely. It was kind of just a, you know, I mean, quite literally, I was jumping in at the deep end, um, you know, ignoring the pun there, because I hadn't done anything to this distance and so the training I had to try and do to try and get my head around that was pretty overwhelming actually because mm. you're trying to think Christ I've you know I've put myself down for this charity event I've got people that are kind of relying on me to yeah. to kind of achieve this I've got people who've sponsored me as well kind of over the way so I think I raised somewhere about two grand or so that I managed wow. to drum up so it was a lot of money I was like I can't exactly yeah. pull out now so yeah the, the training was just overwhelming trying yeah. to put it all together you know it's easy to just want to focus on one thing. Just focus on one thing, Tom, it would have been fine. That's what we were saying earlier off, ca- off of mm. camera, weren't we? We were saying that, like, uh, doing, a, say, an ultra or a marathon, mm. you're doing it very much for yourself, yeah. aren't you? But when you go into a event when it's charity-based mm. and you've got people that have sponsored you, mm. you've got people that are, are watching over you mm-hmm. and thinking, oh, that's brilliant, great job, yeah. you know, and, and then you're halfway through it and you're thinking, oh, God, why the hell am I doing this? <laughs> or you're through yeah. training and you're thinking, oh, Jesus Christ, what have yeah. I got myself into? It's a different kind of motivation, isn't it? To... Yeah, there really is. I mean, because a lot of charities that I was working with were really kind of grassroots charities okay. and this money actually meant quite a lot to them yeah um so one was chester tree house which nice. you know helps kids who yeah are, you know end of life treatment and it's a super amazing charity really good charity i've done lots of them previously mm-hmm. and then a couple of disabilities charities in northampton um that were just kind of getting off the ground yeah. so you know although two grand might not be enough for big charities for little charities life change so you know yeah there's a lot of pressure that's kind of on your shoulders and you, you're trying to kind of not disappoint them but also you're trying to complete something for yourself as well at the same time yeah absolutely i think that's and i think that's brilliant when that you did go for say grassroots mm. as well yeah. because as i suppose although it's incredible that people do run for things like obviously i run for the outside yeah, society yeah. uh big companies like uh, is it wwf yeah and, yeah, uh, yeah you know and, and people like that it's incredible that you are raising that money but it's not necessarily like life-changing for that charity rather than if you're choosing a charity like you did chestnut tree house and a couple of disability things that you know never probably had that kind of money Mm -hmm. given to them they probably had people that are like oh yeah i'll support you know i'll give you some money and you can see you can see the impact like straight away you know kind of you can see what they're doing with the cash is that's quite rewarding especially when you kind of get to get to look at that kind of firsthand yeah absolutely did you do did you do this event by yourself tom or was it no so i did it with my dad decided to join me okay my friend uh, joined me (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, my dad, give you an idea, I think at the time he was, oh Christ, like 54, right. 55, okay. and he'd never done that, and he was, you know, overweight and loved beer drinking, and his training was just incredible. Like, really? Yeah, he, he managed to, I think he shaved off about four stone through his training period. It was it was ridiculous. Like, he should be here doing this. Sorry, Tom, can you say yeah. your dad up? I'm yeah. 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 But no, yeah, he, he, he did amazingly well. And then my friend Sam, um, who's a super fit guy anyway, he'd done stuff 
like he's cycled from one side of the country to the other pretty much like he's super fit right um he joined us kind of with two months to go and then just pretty much just picked up and made it look easy yeah, yeah really jealous of him i was like whoa come on what kind of dynamic did that give you though because doing it by yourself is it's, it can be very lonely mm. especially running we say that the running can sometimes be a very lonely sport mm -hmm. because you're there out there by yourself mm -hmm. um but what what was that diff what, what dyna different dynamic did that bring to yeah, your so training? For my training, cycling-wise, um, my dad and I would always go out yeah. for cycle rides together, um, and we do kind of really long-distance stuff. So over a weekend, you know, you could do kind of 50, 60 miles as like a, a training route, yeah. um, or we cycle around the Isle of Wight as like a training event. Okay, yeah, you know? yeah, um, and that was great because you know we could work off each other, and we we're working off our, our technique. So you know, I'd cycle in front for a mile or so, and my dad would take over to give me a rest, and then we kind of swap around because that's what we do in yeah. the actual event. So that was great because it built that bond. But when it comes to things like swimming and running, I mean, that is, for these sort of distances, it's not like you can kind of chat to each other. So we, we tended to do that separately by ourselves because we were both at different sort of paces yeah. um, when it came to that sort of stuff. But then when you do the event itself and you've got these you know, two guys next to you, you can kind of play off each other. So if someone is, is suffering, you know, you've got the other two guys beside you who can kind of pick them up. And, and, and I think everyone kind of worked around that. You know, everyone had like that. They say in the marathon, you know, you get that wall, don't you? Everyone gets that. And, you know, during the event like this, everyone hit a wall at certain stages yeah. during the event. You know, mine was cycling. You know, towards the end, I was just hammered. I was really? gone. <laughs> yeah. And that was like day one. I was thinking, oh, my God. And then after that, I seemed to be right. Like swimming and running was, was fine. So, mm. Yeah. You know, so it was a good dynamic. Yeah, I don't, that's brilliant. You know, that's, that's great. And what kind of barriers did you find you had yeah. from doing that? Because you know there are sometimes sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it can be a bad thing as well. Yeah. Were there any like uh, clashes, or was there anything that maybe? Yeah, I mean, there was not, not necessarily like massive friction or, no. or clashes like that. We, we, were, we, were, we were quite good, but there, there, there were occasions where you know if if. My dad was cycling too slowly, you know, I'd have to kind of slow down for him and that would take me out of my kind of groove, yeah. um, so to speak. It wasn't something that kind of bothered no. me, but it's something you have to sort of be aware of because, you know, you, you get into a training routine and, you know, rhythm and, and key is, you know, focus. Once you get into that rhythm, you kind of sustain that, don't you, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and as soon as that breaks, then it kind of throws off your training, throws off the practice you've done, and it kind of puts another element into things that yeah. kind of puts a span in the work. So sometimes that happens and sometimes it overcomes that, but it wasn't any kind of... Massive friction between us all, which is great, really, isn't it? Yeah, that, it, is, it is. If you had, if you did have that friction, then, then it might probably been oh, a yeah. massive barrier to overcome. Wasn't yeah, it, you yeah, know? it would have been. And you are always going to get those barriers when you are training for anything, whether you're mm. by yourself, whether you're by, you know, with with other people. Mm. It's you're always going to find you will get that that kind of clash, mm. won't you? If yeah. it's not necessarily like angry clashing, there are going to be barriers, like you said, you're now slowing down, yeah. and you're having to to try and pick up that pace, etc., etc. If we go into your uh, training, I know we've spoken a little bit about your training yeah. now, but what kind of stuff were you doing to get yourself into your your um, groove, I suppose? Because, you know, like you said, you've never done this kind of thing before. Not necessarily, uh, you know, lots of people don't have coaches, but you weren't necessarily yeah. being coached on this kind of stuff. No. So what kind of stuff were you doing? So I just dived straight in the deep end. Um, and to be honest with you, I didn't really plan my training schedule as much as I think I should have done, right. um, which was a massive mistake. Looking back at now, I've done events since, and I've kind of planned how yeah. I train, um, and it makes a huge difference. But this one, I, I kind of dived straight in. I was thinking, right, well, I'm quite fit. You know, I do karate uh, three, four times a week. Um, so I just thought, right, well, I'll do 
I swim on this day, I'll do a run on this day, I'll do a cycle on this day, and I kind of repeat that. Yeah. And maybe have a day off on Sunday. But, you know, doing it that sort of method just totally ground me down a little yeah, bit. Yeah. You know, I didn't give myself any rest time, and eventually I kind of picked up a knee injury kind of a month before um, I was supposed to kick off, which was crushing because, you know, my marathon time I was hoping to try and get, I went straight out yeah, the window yeah, because yeah. every time I tried to put pressure on it, it just, it just hurt. And, you know, back to what we were saying earlier, where, you, you know, you, you've got this... Uh, people that are relying on you, charities are relying on you, you don't want to kind of postpone things. In my case, I put it out in the paper saying, we're going to do it on this day, you know, come out and support us, that yeah. sort of thing. So it was all fixed in a groove. So I was, I was kind of like, between a rock and a hard place. Um, and that was just a massive, yeah, huge error on my part. Like, because you get, I think when you get to that training groove, it almost becomes like a bit of an addiction when you're training. Like you just want to train. Massive. Train. You, you, you Massive. must have been through it yourself, surely. Massive. I know exactly what you yeah. mean. And I was very lucky not to sustain a injury mm. when I when I was doing it. But there were elements of my training, especially last year. This year I've been a little bit more smart with my training. Mm. But last year there were there were elements of, of things where I was thinking why am I, I've gone way too quick yeah. here or what, what am I actually doing I'm looking back at the training I'm doing yeah. uh, and actually it resulted in me getting really bad tonsillitis through November, December I had, had tonsillitis twice in, in, in a month in, through December yeah. I had it the start of December till I think it was the week two, like second weekend yeah. then, I had, then I obviously had a week off and then Christmas Eve it came back again so it just showed that I'd m- massively run myself down so mm. but so badly that, that I was actually getting ill from it um I think yeah. that's, that's so easy to do though, isn't it? Especially when you've got these kind of bigger events, you know, marathons, half marathons, or big long swims or cycles. You know, you kind of become overwhelmed by the distance and you see this massive kind of mountain in front of you and you think, Christ, how am I going to overcome that? And I think yeah. the best way of doing that, I've just got to keep training, training, training. Instead of actually thinking, let's train smart, not overtrain, which is what I did in my case. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You, you over you overcompensate, you overtrain for, for what you actually should be doing. You know, Absolutely. If you, if you look at programs that people would give to you, or if, you, if you've got a coach or if you've got someone, you'd see there are, are a variety of things that you yeah. would do within your week, plus rest days that you do it in. Yeah. But exactly like what you said, is you said, okay, I'll do a run, I'll do a cycle, then I'll do a swim, then I'll do yeah. a run, cycle, swim you're overtraining your body yeah. but you don't quite realise that you are no. so you're not should we say pounding the pavement you're just hitting the pavement for a reason of thinking okay so I need to get this done mm-hmm. I need to get my bike I need to go for a swim I need to go do this rather than you know thinking about it more smartly which yeah. is can be difficult can be difficult and to do one of the things I didn't do is you know I didn't set myself any kind of goals and targets you know I, I knew I had to hit the overall target of completing those yeah. events obviously but I didn't set myself sort of stages on how I can do that. So I, I changed it radically. So I, I did the Great South Run um, last year. Okay. And that was the first time I did any kind of long distance running since this. Yeah. Um, and I kind of broke it down to, to little stages right. and, and trying to get myself a time. So the first goal I set was, you know, I want to get a time of, you know, 90 minutes or less yeah. on the 10-mile route in, in Portsmouth. I thought, challenging, but I reckon that's doable. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I started making little diary notes of every day I've run this time and a mile and and you know you can kind of see how you're improving. For yeah. me, that was kind of those little steps to help um, not look at the bigger picture, but look at the real small picture mm. um, of, of my training, and that helped me kind of recover. And that's that's what I didn't do at my big event. You know, yeah. I didn't look at the 
the small picture, I just looked at the bigger picture, the overall thing, you know. It's important to create those micro goals, isn't it? Mm. And that's the thing, because within, I try doing mine within four week cycles, where mm. I think, okay, so the first four weeks I've done this, second things I want to do this, yeah. third week, I'll, uh, third four weeks I want to do this. Mm. You can have those macro, those macro kind of goals, mm. or okay, I want to do that event, or I know that my marathon's at the end of this, or, mm. you know, have another goal, maybe you want to be doing it in a certain time, whatever it is. Um, but it's really important to create micro goals and macro goals as yeah. well, because then it kind of keeps you going. You can review what's actually going on. Because yeah. if you think that the, the first, you know, the first four weeks has, has, has gone really good, but you haven't actually uh, measured what you've been doing, then you not not necessarily know where you are. Yeah. Rather than if you know that, say, four weeks ago, you could run a 21-minute 5K and you can mm. now run a 19-minute 5K, yeah. then you see in four weeks you've created a massive gap. Yeah. And then in a, maybe another four weeks, okay, so I run 19 minutes. By that little time, I maybe want to run 18 and a half or, yeah. or knock 30 seconds off. And then obviously you have your massive goal, yeah, which could be like, I don't know, 17 minutes or yeah. something like that. That's just, just, this is just a... This is just a <laughs> It's just like a, 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 a guesstimate, should we yeah, say. Yeah. But, you know, it, it is really important to, to create those micro mm. and those macro goals because then you have, always have something that you're striving mm. for. And that, I think, kind of gives you that motivation as well because you can see where you're improving and you can see how you're improving as well. Um, and that will kind of keep you motivated, keep you driving forward, particularly yeah. when, you know, it's winter, we've gone through storms, the weather is gash, to say the least, you know. The last thing you want to so do bad, is get it? out there run. I mean, you're, you're doing it now, kind of getting out and running. I'm, you know, all credit to you. Mm. I wouldn't. <laughs> I ran in hail the other day. It was Jeez. absolutely hideous. I was running and I'm just like, <laughs> I can't even see. I'm just running, just thinking, I've just got to get these miles done. I've just got to get it done. Um, so how did you overcome your, obviously we're, we're talking about your knee. How yeah. did you overcome that? What did you do? Yeah, so I decided to, to not do my running because, you know, that impact was just yeah. making it worse. Um, so I then focused more on my swimming and cycling okay. um, yeah. to kind of at least keep that kind of fitness level. Yeah. Again. And just know that I also changed how I was going to run things. So I was going to do my marathon first and then have my cycle run last. But I swapped it around so I could get my two events that I knew I could do yeah. out of the way. And then the marathon, well, if I had to stumble across the line, I'd just do that. Cruel, I'd literally, yeah. Yeah, literally stumble over. So it didn't matter. Um, and if I bugger my leg up by the end of that, it doesn't matter. It's the end of the event. Mm. Um, so I had to do kind of a lot of swimming um, just to kind of rehab because there's no pressure on your knee yeah. doing that. Cycling, no real pressure on your knee as well. Um, and then just, you know, the occasional run of like one, two miles. It was a massive drop down from yeah. where I was, you know, I was doing kind of um, half marathon lengths pretty comfortably. Yeah. Um, and then just boom, you know, I, I was struggling, I was in pain after, you know, maybe three miles. I was like, this isn't helping. This no. is, yeah, it was, it, was, it was crushing, but you have to kind of work around it. And that's the thing you do, you have to work around yeah. what, what you've got, you know, and sometimes it's not necessarily about being you know, having a few massages, yeah. or a little bit of a stretch, yeah. that kind of thing. It's not that, is it? You know, yeah. you, you, sometimes you have to be able to have a, a backup plan as such, you know? Yeah. And that's brilliant that you did do those kind of things in terms of obviously focus more on your swimming, focus more on your mm. running, uh, sorry, on your uh, cycling, your cycling yeah. sorry. Um, because keeping that weight off of it probably mm. helped you, didn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah massively, event. yeah, massively. Because um, I, I couldn't stop training altogether, because, you know, as I said before, there are people to rely on you, you've got a time that you set yourself for, yeah. it's all out there, it's all organised. You know, we've got people who've said they've taken day off, days off to kind of support, support us, to support drivers. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I couldn't cancel it, so I just had to kind of work around it. And, and it, you know, it worked, I got through it, but uh, yeah, it was a long, long journey. Mm. It was, yeah, it's horrible yeah, at points, you know. 
What kind of barriers did you find, apart from obviously your knee, what other barriers did you find mentally that, that really, do you know what was hard? Yeah, um, boredom. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the swim, cycling is great because cycling at least you're going out and you're seeing different areas. Yeah, running, same thing. You're going out and you're still running. It's yeah. hard, it's difficult, but you're seeing different areas. You can kind of entertain yourself. Yeah, things. swimming is literally you in a pool, looking at a floor, going up and down. There's an arrow leisure centre in Felford. Okay, yeah. Up and down six hundred and forty times. That is so boring. And and the, the difficulty I had in my mind was, you know, all I was saying to myself was. This is one. As I'm counting my legs, I'm just saying, this is one, this is one, this is one, this is two. And I was saying that 640 times. So painfully boring, you know. That was a Man. massive challenge. Not just the physical side of it, because that was obviously hard, but yeah. the actual, you know, staying focused and psychologically kind of being in the game and trying to hit your targets, you know. Um, so the way I kind of broke that up to try and at least entertain myself a little bit was, you know, I broke down my, like you said, like big goals, micro goals, macro yeah, goals. Yeah. I had 640 lengths, but I broke it down to like sets of 100. Okay. And then I broke that down further into sets of 20 where I can have a drink. Yeah. And then sets of 10 where I do uh, breaststroke for like nine lengths. And on my 10th length, I do a front crawl to right. speed things up, yeah, mix things yeah, up. Yeah, very. Yeah. So in my mind, I was only really doing sets of 10. Yeah. So it didn't look so daunting uh, counting up to 640. But yeah, that was that was hard psychologically, you know. That must have been long. And, and you do find that... A lot of people that, especially I talk to, if you're not if you're not into kind of endurance running <laughs> and that kind of thing, that's why people dislike running because yeah. of that boring, laborious. Yeah. You know, just hitting the pavement. You just mm. run one place to the next place. It's not really that interesting. There's yeah. no directional. There's no movement, um, and it can get boring. Mm. You know, it can get boring. You just got to try and find a way that is good for you to distract yourself. And especially when you're in the, the, the war, right? you can't listen to music. You can't, you know, you can't, I don't know, I don't know what else would be a good thing for you could, to, to do in the, there, in the there, there What is, could there you do? There is nothing to do. You know, you, you can't, like, people watch. No. Because you're just going up and down, up and down, up and down. There is, there is nothing to do. The only Man. thing that you could challenge yourself with is if you were swimming in one lane, you've got someone else swimming in the other lane, yeah. you think, okay, how many times can I try and catch up to you or, or lap you or whatever? Yeah. So you play a little game with other people without them knowing it. But that even gets boring. Yeah. You did, you, did you swim with everyone? Did yeah. You, with, with your dad and your yeah, friends? Yeah. Uh, no, well, so when I was training, it was nor normally me just by myself. Yeah. Um, just because we had different time schedules to try and yeah, get things yeah, in. Yeah. Um, but when we actually did the event, it was all of us in the Arrow Leisure Centre. They, yeah. they roped off a lane for us, which was really good. Oh, wow. So it was all of us kind of swimming together. Um, which was, yeah, it was good. Wow. Kind of clocking things up and seeing how everyone's doing. Wow. I, can't. <laughs> I couldn't imagine going in the pool and doing 640 Uh Yeah, I haven't done anything mm. since. No. <laughs> <laughs> can't even go in yeah. the pool anymore. Well, I can't even look at the animation. Honestly, the I think my dad's picked up a phobia from swimming. He really? says, yeah, that was literally the most boring thing he's ever done in his life. <laughs> and he refuses, like, flat out refuses to get in the pool, you know? Oh, man. Yeah. What did you learn from the experience, like, from training, from your training? What did you learn? Yeah, um... I'd love to say I learned something about myself, yeah. like something really deep, but I didn't. I yeah. just learned that, you know, yeah, I think yeah. the most important thing I learned was whenever you do big events, in fact, it could be anything, it doesn't have to be big events, it could be like a, a couch to 5k, you know, you've got to set yourself those little goals, yeah. you've got to set yourself a proper training plan, yeah. and don't just dive in kind of head first, actually go out and chat with someone like yourself, go yeah. out and chat to someone, say, look, this is what I want to do, what would you best, what's the best way of doing it? You know, uh, instead of diving head first, that's one of the things I, I learned. Mm. And I've applied that to other things I've done since. Yeah. And, you know, touch wood, I haven't been injured in any other training exercise. Which is, yeah, you know, it's ideal. But 
Yeah, definitely set those goals, man. Set those goals. Research is one of the biggest things mm. that I try and advocate for for clients as well. Yeah. You know, but you can, I can talk till I'm blue in the face for, for people to learn how to run, or you know, uh, not so much anymore. But talk to people about what losing weight or putting on yeah. muscle. You know, I can talk to you till I'm blue in the face. I can tell you everything that you need to do. But researching it yourself is really important because yeah. I can say something to you, but then you may be able to learn it another way by reading up about it as well you know i can give you the the, the tools to be able to do that the tools to be able to to, to run quicker the, the tools to be able to run, run for longer but maybe looking it up yourself and finding different research that's good for you yeah um is really beneficial you know people you, learn differently sorry about no i was gonna say you literally said a really good point you brought on something you know when i was doing my um uh great self run i did exactly that yeah. I, I researched kind of you know better running styles to try and improve my technique whilst I was running because I was just focusing on that to try yeah. and improve time. It, it makes a massive difference. You know, one of the things that I looked at was that kind of hip training. Yeah. I, I hadn't actually known anything about hip before, yeah, yeah. you know, and I started incorporating that in, in some of my runs and the difference that made to, to my time, my pace, was phenomenal. Like, in such a short period of time as well, you know, throwing some of those little hit sessions in was, was massive. So... It is crazy, isn't it? It is crazy that that kind of such little bits of mm. of exercise actually do make a hell of a lot, yeah, of, yeah, lot yeah. of difference. Um, but that's incredible that you know it, it's researching. I, I don't know how to say, it, but researching is is so important, mm. so important because you know that's what's going to give you those tools to be able to to be able to run more effectively, not yeah. get injured. Um, and be where you want to be, you know. Yeah. Be where you want to be. Um, what other experiences did you have when you were when you were doing your event? We've talked about mentally. We've spoken about it physically, mm-hmm. but what really made you want to do it, Tom? What was the? Ex- I think it, it it was just trying to to push myself just to see if I could do it. Yeah. You know. Um, I think it's it's always on the bucket list for, for so many different people, you yeah. know, to try and tick off like a marathon. Yeah. You know, that's not everyone will do Massive. it. But if you can tick it off, I mean it's an amazing accomplishment. It just feels so good. So I wanted to kind of see, okay, well look, I'm in my mid twenties, thought, yeah, let's give it a go and mm. try and see if I can tick that off. And let's really push myself to, to you know, add in all these other difficult events like cycling and swimming. Yeah, yeah. And just see if I can kind of go with that. And actually that, that was one of the things that I I really wanted and, and what really drove me forward um, was just, you know, could I do it? Mm. You know, could I could I push my body to that limit and, and see if I'm able to, you know, achieve it. So yeah, that, that was something that I, I picked up on. Just yeah, loved it man. Yeah man. That, that was incredible. <laughs> 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 swim, obviously that's gone, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing, you you've got to have those experiences. And yeah. You've got to have those experiences to, to learn, to develop. Yeah. You know, even I I don't know how you feel, but I think for me it it changed my perspective in a way, mm. in, a, in a, you know, thinking about how quickly you can, can lose something, you know, my, mm-hmm. I know it sounds silly, but let me explain, in terms of my nan, she, she went into a home due to, have, due to having Alzheimer's, yeah. and she couldn't look after herself anymore, uh, she was a teacher, she was a head teacher, you know, she was incredibly uh, smart. smart, no, mm. massively smart, mm. and she went into a home within a space of, well, 
I, we moved into her house because obviously she needed a little bit of assistance, so we were trying to give her a little bit of assistance when she was at our, um, with with us in our That's family. Hard, right? That's not easy. And man, it's really hard. Mm. And within a space of two to three years, she had to go to a home because she she really degraded really quickly. Mm. And, and that's one of the reasons why I did my event and why obviously we go to, to you probably the same thing in a yeah. minute, but um, how quickly everything degrades, you know, yeah. how quickly that you potentially, if you don't do something and you never do it and you look back in a few years time and think, shit, I could have done yeah. that. You yeah. know, I could have, you know, I could have ran that marathon or I could have raised that money. That kind of regrets in there. Exactly. Yeah. I'm now sitting in a chair in a care home where I can't really use my legs that well yeah i have to feed me three times a day obviously you know, that she can use a fork and stuff but you know she just sits in a chair all day has her food dipped mm. to her she gets assisted to go to the toilet you yeah. know you think about that life is so short to 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 be sitting around and, and not doing yeah doing things and i think that's exactly where you what you were saying a little bit at the start you know you uh the reason why you did it is because you're thinking this little kid this 10 year old yeah. kid is is doing something that i've never yeah. thought of even doing and think, okay, then yeah, let's make this a little bit harder. I want to do this, this, and this, mm. you know. And I mean, let's go up to you. What, what would you say? Would you? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally sympathise with what you're saying. Yeah. Well, because you know, my family's going through the same yeah. sort of situation. You know, I've got um, two nans who've gone through Alzheimer's, and you know, it's, it's horrible, man. You know, because you become a shell of yourself. And I think it's important whilst you're, you're young. In fact, you don't even have to be young. You know, you can be in your 60s, 70s, 80s, yeah. and you can still achieve quite a lot of things. You know, I've seen, um, back to my martial arts, there's this one guy in, in Japan who's 80, and oh my God, black belt, and he's ripped, and he's still throwing those head-high kicks. Bloody hell. So I think it's, you know, it's, sometimes it's about as young as you feel. Mm. Um, you know, you, you just, it's worth kind of going out there and putting yourself out there physically and, and psychologically, yeah, yeah. whatever you're doing. Um, so yeah, you know, I think whilst you can do it, absolutely do do it. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah, they say that. Um, oh, sexy. <laughs> they say you should always do, you know, one thing a day that that kind of scares you or, yeah. or, or shocks you, um, and that's that's totally true. I mean, I don't always do that myself. Yeah. I don't always get time, but you know, stepping outside that comfort zone is something that's so so important, and you know, you can actually gain a lot from it. You can learn a lot about yourself, what you can do, and you learn a lot about others as well. You know, where I was with three, you know, two other guys next to me. You know, you see themselves pushing each other, and it's super rewarding, you know, mm. pushing, pushing comfort zones, pushing those barriers. I'm sure you've done, when, when you've been doing your marathons, I mean, you must have learned so much from, from your marathon training yeah. and, and things. Well, they already know on the podcast how I felt, <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you too, Tom. Um, on mile 17 of my first, my first marathon, I started crying. Um, yeah. Out of just, there wasn't any pain, there wasn't any discomfort. It was just purely for how I was feeling. My mind had... had as you could say, giving up on me really, and, and I just started bawling my eyes out for no reason. Mm-hmm. I was just crying, running, Aah! um, and then on my second one, um, I was a little bit better, but it was still very an emotional, emotional thing. And um, like I said a second ago, you know, it definitely changed my outlook on on, on things, mm-hmm. and and now it gives me a hell of a lot of confidence. You know, before mm-hmm. I was very shy within myself. Um, maybe you remember me from when we were yeah, younger, yeah, yeah. but um, you know, I was very shy, not very confident about how uh, my ability was. Mm-hmm. Um, but now doing this, you know, it gives me lots of confidence. Thinking, you know what, 
I've run three marathons in one yeah. year and I did it, I completed three. Mm. Um, and not many people complete one in a lifetime, you know, and you're doing three in a year. Exactly. Massive. Massive. Um, so yeah, it gives you a lot of confidence, doesn't it? You know, yeah, it I think so. a hell of a lot of confidence. I think so. Yeah, I mean, confidence can make make or break a man. You know, if you don't have that kind of confidence, you know, sometimes it's hard to achieve anything. It's certainly to your maximum potential, whereas if you've got confidence, you know, you can you can pretty much do whatever you want to. You know, yeah, it's, it's incredible the difference it makes. It really is. You know, you see it in people in martial arts or, or running, you know, if they've got that confidence in them, you know, it's amazing what they can do. Absolutely. Yeah. What would you say, Tom, to anyone, anyone at all, what would you say to anyone that's looking to do marathon or looking to do a charity event or looking to do a triathlon? What was the one massive thing you would tell them to do right now? Just do it. Just do it. It's, it's worth getting out there and get stuck in, but make sure, and I can't stress this enough, I can't stress this enough, make sure you plan yeah. how you train. Um, if it's one of those long events, like a, a kind of marathon, you've got to plan it. You've got to plan it. Go to someone who, if you've never done it yourself, go to someone who knows how to do this sort of thing. Someone who's done it before, maybe ask a friend, a family member, go to someone professional like yourself, yeah. and say, look, I'm doing this event, what's the best way of doing it? Because they can, they can change your outlook on how you train, they can make your training more efficient, they can make you a better runner, they can make you fitter way quicker than, than you try and do it yourself, you know. And they can motivate you as well, you know. There's nothing better than having someone beasting screaming behind you, kind of in the gym or, or on the treadmill, um, than when you're kind of out there on your own just trying to plod along, you know, with that pissing rain in your face. Man, that is some good, that, that's really good. You know, that's, that's, that is some cool advice that, yeah. that people, everyone should follow. Um, not many people do, but the, the very few that do, do do very well, you know, and, and that is the, the main thing is always look for advice, always, mm-hmm. always look for advice. doesn't have to be paid advice, you know, doesn't have to be you know, someone in front of you going, you've got to do this, you know, you've got to sprint. It doesn't have to be one-to-one sessions. Just come to someone, come to a professional, uh, research what you're doing because it's going to make a hell of a lot of difference yeah. in the long run. You're going to make yourself a lot quicker, faster, stronger, um, and, and reduce those injuries. Yeah. What's next for you, Tom? So I'm currently training to do a marathon length. Um, I'm not doing the marathon. Oh, no, I'm not doing the marathon. No, no, no. That is done. That is done. No, I'm doing it. So I'm, I'm doing the um, Yorkshire Three Peaks Challenge. Okay. But I'm doing it with a, a weighted bourbon on, so I'm going to have 50 pounds on my pack. All right. Um, and do this. I think it's, it's just shy of a marathon. It's about 24 miles, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm doing that in June. June. Man. Yeah. Might be for charity. Don't know yet. I'm still working that out. Yeah, right? yeah. Because it's, it's normally a family thing. We'll go out and we'll... As a family, we'll, we'll trek a mountain or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I just thought I'd spice it up a little bit. Man, so, why not? Why not? Yeah, got me done. Why not? So I'm plodding up and down the hills with a, a backpack on my back at the moment, you know. Ports downhill, that's my hometown right now. <laughs> up and down, up and down, four in the cell. In the pitch black, in the rain. Yeah. It's like plodding up yeah. this, this hill. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's real cool. Now, if you do do it for charity, that's going to be yeah. incredible. But then also, you know, why not challenge yourself? Like you said to, to earlier, you know, it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to be for any reason. Just just have a you know, challenge yourself every single day. Exactly. Give yourself a little bit of a challenge to, to do things that you've never done before. In right. that sport, because you get a massive sense of elation when you do challenge yourself and then you complete something, particularly if you tick off that goal. Absolutely. You know, you time, get it or you beat it. Huge, it just feels great, you know? 10 years time, I'm going to tell your kids like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I uh, did this, I did this, I did this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. That's real cool. 
Fun games. Thank you so much for today, Tom. I really do appreciate your time. Nah, been a pleasure, um, man. Been a pleasure. Lots of people can get value off of what you say. Mm. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be what's the best five things to do to improve a 5K. <laughs> you know, people can learn off of other people's experiences, and that's exactly what we try and do here on the podcast. You know, is try and get as many people with as many experiences as mm. possible. Um, and I think it's beautiful that you did it for charity. You know, I think charity is a massive thing. Mm. Um, a massive motivator as well yeah. um, and you know if anyone ever does want to do that kind of thing then I think they'll realise how um, incredible it makes you feel and, and how um, motivating it is as well yeah definitely um, but no thank you so much for today I really appreciate that no, no, it's still weird seeing you uh Thank you so much for watch, uh, watching or listening the pod- to the podcast today, guys. I really appreciate your time. Have a lovely rest of your day, week, whatever, whenever you're watching this. And we'll see you very, very soon. Thank you.